I'm going in search of witches. Witches? Witches. I guess you found me out, huh? Yeah. You should come around here on Halloween. You'd really see something then. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we all jump off the roof and fly. You know, sort of like a coven. We were placed fester under some strange sexual spell. At what time will we be spellcasting? Hey, what's up, witches, and welcome to Moonstone Witchery, the podcast where we talk about spirituality in a modern context. My name is Rian Lockard, and I am the head witch over here at Moonstone Witchery. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Moonstone underscore witchery. You can find me on Facebook. I have one of those pages on Facebook that you can like, although I don't really know what they do <laughs> besides like sit there and occasionally show up in your feed. Um, and I just made a group um, on Moonstone Witchery. No, I made a group on Facebook for Moonstone Witchery. And it's called, drumroll please, Moonstone Witchery. And it is a group um, that you can join. And in the group, I'm going to do lots of fun things. I we've been I did a free card pull. Um, we've been talking about our altar spaces and sharing photos of those. And we've going to be talking about our favorite decks. We chatted about our favorite day of the week. Um, and we talked about what we were doing for the most recent full moon. Um, it's just generally a place where you can come hang out with other spiritual witchy people and have a good time. Um, so find me and join me there if you are into Facebook, which I know not everybody is at the moment. So that said, let's get to it. Um, I've gotten so many nice messages since my last uh, podcast episode went up. And I have to say that I have a Pisces moon. So I cry at like all of these nice messages that I'm getting. And I'm so grateful to each of you who have reached out. It helps me to continue going and it helps me to know that um, I'm finding my people, that my people are out there. You guys are out there and we're able to connect through um, the podcast and through our shared love of spirituality and magic and all of that good stuff. And I'm really grateful to each one of you who has reached out to me. Um, somebody sent me a message, and actually, this has come up about four times. Three is my maximum number of times something needs to come out, like to come up before I will do something about it. Four is like, okay, all right, I'm hearing it. Um, usually I try to take action when I notice something repeating just twice. So message received universe, like here I am recording this podcast. So what we're going to talk about today is where to begin when you have a background that is not so friendly towards witch work or even just like alternative spiritual practices because a lot of people were raised in more of a rigid or strict kind of environment where they were taught that, you know, there's one white run 
Oh my goodness, there is one right way to speak to um, God. There's one right way to practice spirituality. There's one series of events, like one sequence of things that you should be doing to communicate with spirit. Um, I've talked about this before. You know, one of my problems with organized religion, oh my God, I, I have a couple problems. And I feel like, disclaimer alert, like I feel like I'm allowed to have problems like this without being offensive because my intention, number one, is not to offend anybody who does believe and follow an organized religion. Organized religion is not for me, but that doesn't mean it's not for you. And I don't judge anybody for anything that they do or anything that they believe. For me, one of the problems that I had with organized religion was, um, oh, and my disclaimer is that I feel like I'm allowed to do this because I am an ordained interfaith minister. I did uh, multiple years in seminary where I learned about all the major world religions um, And therefore, I happen to know that there's so much more in common amongst them all than what divides them apart from each other. But aside from that, I I have a really well-versed background in understanding and organized religion of all kinds. And because of that, um, I feel like I can approach this topic without kind of making anybody feel bad or being judgy or putting it down, but to just sort of have an honest dialogue, have some communication around this subject. And so I keep receiving messages um, from people that are like, well, I was raised Christian or Catholic or of any kind of faith that has very specific structured beliefs around magic and witchcraft. And the predominant question I'm getting is like, what do I do about this fact that number one, it's been like innately ingrained in me that, you know, witch work or spirituality or like even like new age or whatever words you guys like to use is um, inherently evil or bad or wrong. Like, how can I get over that? And two, like, where do I begin when I have no real upbringing or um, association with even knowing how to connect in that way? So that's what we're going to sort of talk about today. Um, My problem with this whole thing of organized religion. And I'm going to just talk about like Christianity for a moment, although this does transcend to basically the major Abrahamic religions, which are religions that have can trace their origin back to Abraham and they believe in a monotheistic God, um, you know, Moses and all of that. And that tends to be Judaism, Islam and Christianity. Um, so my issue is this, like they, they tend to say there are certain people who can, who can be the intercessors between you and God. And only those people can really connect to God, whomever God might be, But and they have a definite idea of who God is. But they're saying you have to go to a specific building on a specific day, and the day changes depending on which of the religions you're in. Um, and in some, of, some religions, it's like every day, you know, whatever. But they say you have to go to a specific place Um, And there is a certain person there who is innately ordained to communicate with God on your behalf. And it puts all the power, it puts all of the connection into this one person. And first of all, I reject that concept for lots of reasons that I'm going to talk about for a second. But second of all, that's always a man. It's always a male stand, like a, like a, typically it's like a cisgendered, heterosexual, if he's allowed to even be sexual, white male that is like standing in the front of a building and you have to depend on him to access spirit for you. And to me, like, 
ew, that feels so wrong to me that I've just, I like something inside of me shrivels up like and dies within itself when I think that's the only way that I'm supposed to be able to communicate with like the divine presence of all that is. Like ever since I was young, I was just like, what? You know, because it just doesn't make sense to me. Now, I mean, I am coming from a different place. I, I am a practicing psychic intuitive as part of my profession. And I've always been able to communicate with my spirit guides and my angels and I've always been able to remember what life was like on the other side before I was born. So I guess I'm coming at it from like this this interesting perspective where I've always known that that was incorrect, whereas others have just kind of suspected that that was incorrect. But allow me to like validate for you if you've always had this secret sort of like suspicion within you that like perhaps you don't need someone else to communicate with the divine presence of all that is. Perhaps you can do that yourself. Like, yes, stamp that validation on that shit because that is accurate. Sorry, I'm trying not to curse in these podcasts. It's a little challenging for me. Um, But stamp the validation on there. You do not need anybody ever to communicate to the divine source of all that is. You just absolutely don't. So let's get that out of the way. Let's just affirm that. And here's a bit of logic for people who need logic to explain the spiritual side of things, which by the way, I'm one of those people. I am one of the most skeptical spiritual people you'll encounter um, simply because I'm on high alert for people who are um, kind of throwing around accidentally or intentionally, I don't know, darker or more like chaotic energy. So I'm very skeptical about things. But I do want to say like, if you have always had the sense that, you know, you are able to just communicate with like your creator or the, the innate kind of life force energy that surrounds us always. Um, I want to allow you to just believe that about yourself. I want to allow you to feel right about that. I want to allow you to know that any being, whether it is omniscient or self-aware or conscious or not, that creates life or that, you know, bestows life or consciousness to the universe is certainly not going to have the caveat that it like you can't talk to it or that it is somehow different or other than you. I mean, if we are, let's talk in a Christian in a Christian bias for a second. If we are all created in the image of the divine, then we are divine, right? And we can therefore communicate with the divine as we would communicate to ourselves. Um, like Jesus said, like I am the way, I am the one, I am the light. Um, you know, you are the light. You have that light within you. When when Jesus is saying I, he's referring to the general I, not to the specific I of, as in himself. He's referring to the general I as in I, as in you. You are the way. You are the one. You are the light. You are the path towards yourself. You are the divine force of all that is. Um, I don't have any beef with Jesus. I actually really like Jesus. Um, he was like a pretty cool guy. I do have some issues with what has happened in Jesus's name. I don't think Jesus would be too thrilled about it, but this isn't necessarily a podcast episode to chat about Jesus. Maybe I'll do one of those though, because I have a lot to say about Jesus. And I think he'd be a pretty cool dude to hang out with. Um, if you think about it this way, this is my one little tangential Jesus comment that I want to make. Like, 
first of all, Jesus disappears for 30 years. I don't know what he was doing. I think he was having a pretty good time because when he showed back up, he's got this like group of buddies that includes like, you know, like like murderers and like thieves and like prostitutes and like people like that. And everyone's kind of like, oh, wasn't he so nice hanging out with these people? And I want to be like, "Mm, don't we hang out with people who are similar to us? Right. Like to me, this is proof that Jesus is like a super regular dude. Like he's made a bunch of mistakes in his life. He's not like all pious and holier than thou. Like he is hanging out with his friends and his friends are people that are going to be similar to him. So I like to think like if Jesus showed up, he'd be very down to earth. He'd have some tattoos, right? Like he'd be hanging out with us and he wouldn't be like, floating in on a cloud but he'd be like driving himself over here just to like chill and like sit back and like hang out and chat with us because we hang out with people who we are like and who are like us so that to me that concept makes Jesus very accept accessible and um I always like to think about Jesus's friends and how they tell us a lot about who he might have been as a person Anyway, I'm off on a complete tangent. And if you absolutely hated everything I just said about Jesus, please feel free to just say in your mind, like, okay, that's wrong. Just keep it moving, okay? But it's a fun thing to think about. So let's talk about what do we do when we were brought up with a certain idea of what is right or wrong in terms of religion or spirituality and a certain kind of plan or path that we're supposed to follow or, you know, just kind of like, that there are rituals that we have to do or that there are ways that we should communicate. And like most importantly, let's talk about how we're all, we've all been kind of infused with just culturally, even, even if you weren't brought up religious, um, we've all sort of culturally been infused with like this monotheistic Christian bias. And that bias is secretly in everything, you know, like it's in all of our pronouns. Like why is everything a male pronoun? Um, It's in the fact that like God is a he, it's in the fact that like, Jesus is born of like a virgin. It's in the fact that, you know, that her virginity is somehow this, I don't know, like this like thing that is so weird to me. Whatever. Again, tangents. My point here is we've all been infused with these biases because we grew up in this culture um, where monotheism and whatever the predominant religion around you is has been telling us, like, this is how things are. And when we hear that little, like, whispery voice in our chest or our, our hearts or our minds even saying to us, but, like, what if it's something else? That is First of all, the fact that you even listen to that is commendable. And I want to be like, hooray, I'm proud of you. Like, keep it, keep going. Like, let's see where it goes. Because that little whisper is your soul talking to you. And it's just like politely and gently nudging you forward. And it's saying, hey, what if um, something else is going on? Like, what if maybe that's not the whole story? Or what if like these people started off in a good place and were trying to offer, you know, individuals a different way in which they could connect to spirit, but it kind of got corrupted, like whisper down the line, like over time, it kind of morphed into this whole other thing that sort of became a runaway train that no one could kind of get a hold of. And that's my personal theory on kind of what's going on with religion in in today, like the modern era that we're in today. I think it sort of has this runaway train effect. That said, if you have always felt like um, you hear what is being told or preached as gospel, like literally, (laughs) 
and you have felt like, no, that doesn't resonate with me at all. In fact, it makes me shrivel up inside and feel like, oh, I don't like it. Um, what I don't want you to do is I don't want you to be hard on yourself for that. A lot of people, because guilt is a cornerstone of organized religion, a lot of people feel that way and go, oh my God, that's like the evil in me speaking through me. I have to do something to squash that. Or they say, you know, oh no, like I'm corrupted. I'm not good. I'm somehow fundamentally bad or wrong or something along those lines. And I want to remove that for you. And I want to just say to you, like, first of all, an idea can't make you inherently bad or wrong. It's an idea. It's a thought. It's not just like cake is not inherently bad or wrong, but like our consumerist culture wants us to think that eating cake is somehow terrible because it'll like make us gain weight and then we won't look like this ideal like form that we're supposed to have or whatever. Like objectively, we understand like there's there's no morality assigned to food. And yet if we sit there and eat cake, we somehow feel bad about ourselves when really by the way, eating cake is something that we should be like really excited about and like celebrate whenever we get to do it. But my point is a thought itself can't make you like an evil bad person. Doing evil bad deeds is what makes you an evil bad person. Um, now what we get to do is get to determine, well, what's an evil bad deed? Okay. And so religion wants to tell us that like Performing acts of witchcraft. Let's just even leave it as a blanket phrase for a second. But I'm going to have us define our terms because you will find out that defining your terms unlocks this like magical world of like amazingness in your life. But let's just like leave it as performing acts of witchcraft for now. Organized religion wants us to say that like performing acts of witchcraft makes us evil or or bad. Okay. Well, I want to break that down because um, if I'm doing something with love in my heart – Seriously, like pure, beautiful, magical, like the essence of love in my heart. How could I, and this is a question I want you to actually think about and I want you to actually, if you are struggling with this topic, I want you to think about this question and answer it for yourself because ultimately I can tell you everything. I could talk till I'm blue in the face, which trust me, I do. (laughs) I could talk about whatever. But what I want you to do is to like sit with yourself because me telling you something is dramatically different than you coming to the same conclusion or any conclusion on your own. So ask yourself this question. If you are doing something with love and light and positivity and just like beautiful energy within you, how can it be evil and wrong? Or can it be evil and wrong? Let's even like, let's not even go, how can it be? Like, let's not even like put the conclusion in the sentence for you. Let's just leave it as an open-ended question. If I'm doing something with like love and like beautiful energy, can it be fundamentally evil and wrong? I don't know. I I want to say, provided that I'm not intentionally harming another person, right? I mean, for real. I'm, I don't think it's possible to be doing something with love as my intention and for it to be like evil and wrong. I just don't think that's possible. So I think we have to define our terms. First term for you to define is like, what is evil? I think we all know what evil feels like, right? But then there's lots of ideas as to how evil, like quote, manifests physically. And religion wants to say like pulling tarot cards is evil or lighting a candle that you've set a spell upon is evil. And yet at the same time, they say, hey, come to church and light a candle for your grandmother who is sick, right? So do you see how there's a double standard or do you see how there's like the same action, but in different contexts, it's okay in one way, but it's not okay in another? That's confusing. That's interesting, isn't it? 
See, there's a lot of witchcraft happening in Christianity. Um, they don't like that when we point that out, but it's true. A lot of Christianity is witchcraft. It just is. I always say that prayer is spell casting. That's something that if you tell a very devout person that they will get pretty upset with you. But praying a prayer is casting a spell. And let's break it down. If you're going to cast a spell, you're going to like invoke the divine presence of all that is, right? So you're going to say like, dear God, right? Um, you're going to offer gratitude. You know, in most prayers, you, you say something that has a component of gratitude to it. If you don't, you're maybe you forgot to learn how to pray appropriately. Um, and then you're going to set out your intention or your request or, you know, whatever it is that the prayer is about right? Or the spell's about. So, right? So in a spell, you're invoking a deity, you're offering gratitude. Now, if we spell work, you're doing a literal offering of gratitude and also hopefully a energetic offering of gratitude. In a prayer, you're calling upon God, like, dear God, like, thank you so much for taking care of me and my family. Um, and then you're saying, please continue to take care of me and my family. I am so grateful for you. Like, thank you. Amen. If you're doing a spell, you're saying like, I call forth like the energy of all that is and in gratitude I send up this offering to you. Um, I'd like to, you know, set this candle to provide protection and care for my family. Thank you, blessed be, and so it is so. You, and then you you end, you surround like the whole thing um, with an affirmation of some kind at the end, like you anchor it with some kind of closing, affirming, blessed be, amen. And I'd like you to see how those are like the exact same thing, right? Like, so when we're praying, we're we're spell casting in a way. Um, when we're when we're talking to our guides, when we're setting an intention upon a candle, when we're you know whispering to our guardian angels that we hope something goes a certain way, we are putting out positive energy. And there's not a lot of difference between doing that in a religious context and doing it in a witchcraft context. So what do we do when we have come to the conclusion like, okay, I feel like kind of trapped and boxed in by organized religion's idea of how I should be practicing. It doesn't resonate with me, whether it's because I don't like the restrictions, I don't like the judgment that they have against um, sexual orientation. Maybe it's that we don't like the gender biases that are inherent in religious systems. Maybe it's because we don't like that um, – they turned a blind eye to certain, you know, matters of abuse or something like that. Maybe it's become we don't like the outdated nature of it or we don't like the the, the gathering um, in certain places on certain days of the week. Whatever it might be. I don't know. If there are things about organized religion that just aren't resonating with you, but things about witch work or even just spiritual work that are resonating with you and you're feeling really hung up on the the self-judgment that has been kind of ingrained within you over time, I want you to break it down. I want you to say to yourself, like, first of all, what kind of God is going to, let's like, let's do this. Let's wander down the thought path. If they're right and God has created us in, let's even, let's even just do it. I'm like choking on the words. <laughs> it's like hard for me to say. Whew. If God has created us in his image, ugh feels gross to me. Why can't we say their image? Why would God even have a gender? I don't understand why God would even have a gender, to be honest with you. But okay, ran aside. If God created us in his image, um, 
why would he create somebody that is interested in witchcraft if God himself isn't like low key into witchcraft, right? Like, isn't God then on the DL about being a witch? Like, this is what I'm trying to say. Like, why would I even have the ability to be into witchcraft if that wasn't part of like God's plan for me? And I hear that like, oh, well, maybe the devil has tempted me or maybe I'm like, you know, I'm walking towards the other side of evil or whatever. But if I'm outside worshiping a tree and like lighting candles, telling the moon I love her and just being like in my like feels about how lucky and grateful I am to be alive. And if I'm like blessing every person I see and I'm sending good energy with my Reiki hands to anybody who's sick or in need, how on earth am I not acting out of love and light and just divine presence? Because for real, that is the energy of all that is. And according to what organized religion believes, like love is supposed to be the most fundamental part of everything. We're supposed to be treating each other like we love each other as if we would want to be treated. We're supposed to be being kind to our neighbors. We're supposed to be um, offering shelter to those in need. We're supposed to be doing all these really beautiful things that witchcraft has us doing all the time. It's just with different words. And so that's why I said a few minutes ago, like I want us to define our terms, okay? And this is like a life coaching hack and this is a witchcraft hack and this is a life hack in general. Um, a lot of times people are not really sure what it is that they want. They think they know what they want. Like they think they 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 think they want like permission to practice witchcraft, but they don't actually know maybe even what that means. Or they think they know that it's not okay for them to practice witchcraft, but they haven't actually defined their terms. They haven't actually defined, well, what does witchcraft even mean? Um, I get a lot, uh, maybe I talk about this all the time. I can't remember whether I talk about things on the podcast or just to my clients or who I'm talking about things to. So if I've said this a few times, I'm sorry. But I, I have been asked recently, like, why is it that you use the word witch for yourself? And I use it because it has a negative connotation. And I am out here saying, yeah, I'm a witch. And then I'll, I have had people say, how can you be a witch? This is people who, who know me in real life or who have come to my talks or <clears throat> my classes. How can you be a witch if you're so sweet and you have such loving energy? Why are you using the word witch? And I said, because that's what a witch is. See, I don't want to change my title because other people have a negative connotation with it. I want other people to get rid of their negative connotation because they've met me and they know a witch is somebody who's actually really like full of like love for the trees and picks up like rocks and acorns and like lights candles and talks to them. That's what I'm trying to do. But I want you to define your terms. I want you to say to yourself, like religion, spirituality, guidelines and rules aside, like what feels true to me? What feels true in my heart of hearts about what I believe is the nature of the world? You know, small topics of conversation just for your afternoon. But seriously, what feels true to me? See, when I was growing up, um, I was brought up in a traumatic, whatever, it was traumatic. All I knew in my heart was that the things I had been taught absolutely felt wrong to me. I don't need to get into what those things were, but I knew that I had been taught the world was one way and it wasn't 
like nice and warm and inviting and beautiful energy. And I had this innate inner voice that just whispered to me all the time. And it said, what if it's not like that though? What if the world is beautiful? What if like everyone's not out to get you? What if the core of every person is just love? And what if everybody just wants love and wants to give love and wants to receive love? And what if everything's just about love? And that felt so true to me that I was like, I can't do anything but believe that. And so I formulated my life around that and I had to like re-raise myself. I had to reteach myself everything I knew because I wanted to live a life that was in alignment with that fundamental truth. And I had to learn how to live that way because boy, was I not taught how to live that way. And it took a while, but that's what felt right to me. That's what that voice was whispering to me. And I think that if you're listening to this, some kind of similar message is being whispered to you too. In you somewhere is this innate stirring, this like secret knowing, this this whisper that's saying, what if everything that you secretly believe to be true or that you secretly hope is true or that you secretly wish to be true or possible, what if that is true? How would your life be different if that was the case, because I have a feeling that it might be pretty different. I have a feeling that if you were to give yourself permission to believe whatever it is that you believe and to act from that place and to just abandon the fear, leave it on the side of the road somewhere, let someone else pick it up if they need it. If you were to do that, that your whole world might shift around for you in like a truly magnificent way. Because if love is the center of everything, then it doesn't matter really how we're showing up in our love. It doesn't matter how we practice our love, how we put our love out. It doesn't matter if we sit in a church on Sunday from a place of love or if we go walk to a, a, a cove of trees and sit with them on a Friday and talk to them from a place of love. It just doesn't matter the way that it manifests. Certain words have been assigned certain meanings, and those meanings have been judged by people who are living in a binary of good or bad, and they've been told to you that this is bad and this is good. But what no one's talking about is, well, what's the root of those words? And as we can see, as it plays out on the stage in front of us, a lot of people are out here claiming that they're Christian or they're they're loving or they're kind, and they're not acting loving or kind, right? And then there's a lot of us out here Look at the church of Satan. The Satanists are out here and they're like doing more for to to end racism and to promote equality than a lot of Christians that I've encountered. And I'm not saying Christians are bad because there are so many beautiful Christians and you can be a Christian witch. And we'll talk about that in a second. But what I'm saying is it doesn't matter what labels you give yourself. It doesn't matter what words you give yourself. What matters is fundamentally, how are you showing up? And if we define our terms, we can figure out really clearly where we're at on those spectrums. And Christianity wants to define terms and it wants to say, these practices are bad and these practices are good. But I think if we look with a magnifying glass at what's happening within Christianity, we'll find that there are some wires crossed (laughs) along the way over there for what's bad and what's good, what they're allowing and what they're banning and what they're saying is acceptable and what they're not. It's outdated or it's incorrect or it's misinformation or whatever it is. Now, the other question for you to ask yourself is, do I want to be someone who allows fear to make my choices for me? Because everyone who's approached me saying, 
I am Christian or I've been brought up Christian and therefore I feel really paralyzed when it comes to practicing witchcraft and I don't know how to do it. Um, everybody who's come to me with that, when I ask them to talk to me deeper about it, they say, well, I'm afraid. I'm afraid I'm going to hell. I'm afraid I'm going to be shunned by my family. I'm afraid that it makes me evil or I will accidentally wander down this path that I can't get back from. Fear. There's just every word associated with it is about fear. Fear comes from a scarcity mentality. Fear comes from a, a, a fear of lack. It comes from a place of not knowing that we're safe or that we're good enough or that we are loved or that we are divine. It comes from a place of emptiness and of being shut down and of being afraid of that emptiness. And it comes from that scarcity. There isn't enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not loved enough. I'm not worthy enough. There's a lot of worthiness happening in organized religion. Whereas witchcraft comes and spirituality and true spirituality, like connectedness to the divine source of all that is, comes from a place of abundance. It comes from this idea that everything is love and everything multiplies in the face of love. There is always enough love. Think about it this way. If I give love to somebody, do I like lose that love within myself? Or does the very fact that I'm giving the love out mean that it multiplies? Can you give a hug without receiving a hug? You can't. Because abundance is the energy of love. And if you're coming from a place of love, you're therefore naturally and by default, true love, unconditional real love, not not toxic love. If you're coming from a place of actual love, there's no such thing as scarcity because it's impossible. You can't have scarcity in the face of love. And so what I have to say is in the face of logic, if you are doing things that resonate with your soul and that have love as the foundation, I can't imagine that there's a God who is going to look at that and say, oh no, but it's, it's not on the list of approved behaviors, so you're going to have to go. And I do also want to say, like, if that's God's thing, I kind of don't know that I want to hang out there with that God anyway. <laughs> like, maybe send me to the party downstairs where the other people who get what I'm putting out are hanging out because, like, this is what makes sense to me. So if that's not the rule of the show, I'm all right. You know, it doesn't sound like it's too much fun up there anyway. Do you understand what I'm saying? I want you to define your terms. I want you to develop your own personal belief system. Now, that might be a like a big, a tall order to fill for some people. But if you're the kind of person who's listening to this podcast, that means that you're into spirituality. You woke up on this planet and were like, what's happening here? Like, where am I? How did I get here? all right, I guess I'm stuck for a minute. Like, let me figure out, like, what's the scene? Um, Let me understand and analyze this place. What are we doing here? You know, you you woke up here with this this plan of action to try to figure out what's going on. And if, if you are drawn to figuring out what's going on, that means that there's a part of you that is able to determine your own beliefs and to say, well, what do I think is actually the true nature of what's happening here? What do I believe feels right for me? And if you can give yourself permission, which is the really big thing here, to believe and trust yourself over believing and trusting what others have told you your whole life, then you are golden. You've got this. 
And I want to tell you and I want to empower you that you've already done this in certain ways. I guarantee it. Like you already decided like maybe perhaps you've decided like no women are allowed to have education, right? But like some parts of the world or some belief systems don't think that women are equal to men. And you kind of rejected that on your own and came to your own conclusions, right? Um, You've come to your own conclusions about a lot of things in your life, even down to what you wear or what you look like or anything that you do that feels kind of like countercultural or like, oh my God. You came to a conclusion that you knew what like – what towing the line was going to look like. You knew what society said you should do and you were kind of like, it doesn't work for me. So because you can do that in other areas, you can do that here too. In fact, I think that you you must do that. I think that our job and our fundamental purpose is to hear our truth whispering into our souls and to like listen to it. And I think that that's where God lives. I believe that the temple of, of the divine is our own body and our own heart. I think that we are walking around carrying that light. And I think that whenever we want to communicate with God or our angels or our spirit or whatever, that we, we merely need to be quiet and communicate with ourselves because we are that energy of that divine presence. And that doesn't mean that we don't acknowledge a power greater than ourselves. That doesn't mean that we're disrespecting the presence of all that is. That doesn't mean that what I'm saying is blasphemous in some way and that I don't honor and I don't respect and I don't love the divine energy of everything. In fact, I'm in awe of it. I'm in awe of it to the point that I literally will sit outside on my knees just like staring at the moon and being in awe of it. I do not think and I will not ever put myself above it or think that I have more significance than it. I am simply saying we are in a beautiful dance with the divine. We are co-creating our reality. The presence of the divine force of all that is has asked us to do that. And so that is the essence of witchcraft, by the way. When I define witchcraft, I say, you know, a witch is somebody who knows that she is able to use the energy around her to create a reality that she deems necessary. That's, that's pretty powerful, And it's just simply by realizing that we have this beautiful divine light within us that Jesus himself told us about. And then it's our job and our duty. If we've been gifted with this light, it's our job and our duty to use it and to share it and to manifest beautiful, loving energy and to share that with everybody around us. Now, I've kind of gone off on this like whole spiel. But my point here is if you are trying to figure out within yourself, like, how can I transition from a rigid Christian upbringing to a more spiritual, like, life practice or way of living in the world? A few things have to happen. One, you need to define what it is that you believe in. You have to get clear with yourself. What do you yourself believe in? And two, then you formulate your practice around that belief system that you hold. So certain things from your organized religion's upbringing of choice might resonate with you still. That's awesome. Please keep those things. Other things might not resonate with you. So I want to give you permission to not keep those things. We all have to modify the infrastructure in which we are living in. We all have to modify it so that we are able to live within it. The most pain comes from us trying to modify ourselves rather than us trying to modify the infrastructure around us. We cannot modify our truest selves and ever find true happiness and peace within ourselves. Pain comes from forcing ourselves to be something we're not. Anxiety comes from trying to make ourselves be someone we're not. 
it is so hard to live a lovely, beautiful, connected, okay life if we are forcing ourselves to be something or someone we're not. I would much prefer you to modify the external structures around you to fit you than for you to ever try to distort your beautiful self into fitting into something external to you. So you can maintain Christianity and you can make it work for you. And honestly, if you look enough, you'll start to see that Christianity is witchy AF. Like it sure is. I mean, not even like the things that they that they brought in from paganism, like putting a tree in your house, all these things we know, putting a tree in your house at Christmas, very super pagan, holly leaves, pagan, um, all of these things like I'm not even going to touch it. I'm not even going to touch it, but I'm just going to say taking in the body and blood of Christ. Yo, that is some dark witchcraft right there. That is some witchcraft that even I wouldn't do. But whatever, whatever. That's all right. Everybody does their own thing. I'm just saying, though. I'm just saying. Do you hear it? My point is there's a lot of witchy practices, lighting candles, whispering prayers, Praying on prayer beads. Prayer beads are so ancient across all cultures. Um, they have the rosary in Christianity. They have mala beads. They have prayer beads are so ancient. My point here is you can pick and choose what things resonate with you. You can still choose to believe in the Christian pantheon, the, the God that exists there, um, whether it's just the one God and then Jesus or if it's the Trinity or whatever works for you. You can, you are allowed to modify. And if none of it resonates with you, that's okay too. Now, one thing you can choose to do is to tell people in your family what you're doing or to not. You're also allowed to set boundaries about your personal belief system. You're allowed to say, hey, grandma, I'm so glad that you feel such a beautiful sense of peace when you sit in the church. That's how I feel when I sit by my favorite river and talk to the angels that live in the water. And grandma can just be like, oh, okay, you know, whatever it is. And if grandma wants to like pray a prayer for you, for your mortal soul, just go ahead and accept her intention because I guarantee you it comes from love and maybe it comes from fear within her. So you can go ahead and pray a prayer for grandma that she stops living in a scarcity mentality and she just gets surrounded by a bubble of love. Okay. You don't have to modify yourself. You can simply allow there to be room for everybody to believe whatever they believe in. But that just because someone else believes something doesn't mean it has to apply to you. I want you to talk to your soul. I want you to ask it what it believes in. I want you to allow for once for you to allow your soul to be heard And I want you to cradle it like a precious baby. And I want you to say like, I hear you. Thank you for speaking to me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for trusting me. And I want you to just take steps to practice like trusting yourself and loving yourself and listening to yourself and believing yourself. I want you to also ask yourself like, what is evil? Define your terms, you know? If something you're doing is evil, but it comes from a place of love, is it evil? If, if something you're doing is evil, but it, it's empowering or beautiful or helpful to others or feels magical or makes you feel like yourself, what does evil mean? You know, there's a Christian definition of evil and then there's your own personal definition of evil. And I want you to get clear on what it is that these words even mean. 
Now, one of the people who messaged me um, asked me, you know, how can they begin if they came up from a Christian bias and, and they weren't sure how to do this? How can they begin talking to their guardian angels or their spirit guides or their highest self? And I just want to say, like, there's what if there's no right or wrong way to do it? Because that's been my experience. What if you just start talking to them? Just begin. Just close your eyes. And if you have a process through which you pray, do that. And then just say like, hey, I'm talking to my guardian angels. Um, And my thing is whenever I'm initiating contact with any kind of divine presence, I always begin with gratitude. I don't start off by asking for anything. I don't start off by, you know, putting out my like Santa Claus list. I start off by being like, I'm so grateful that I'm even able to talk to you. I'm so grateful to connect to you. I am so grateful that you're here with me. I am so thankful for all the times you've been present in my life. So close your eyes and get into a prayer position, whatever that is for you, and just start speaking in your mind or with with your words to your angels. And I want to allow your experience to be enough. Whether you feel something or don't, whether you receive a response or don't, whether you feel like they're hearing you or you get a mental image or you don't, it's still enough. The practice of doing it matters. And the more you do it, the more it gets built up and the better it gets and the easier it becomes for you. There's no right or wrong way. But if you want to, you can build yourself a little altar in your home, maybe on your dresser or on your nightstand, maybe next to your computer at work, and put anything that feels sacred to you there. And as you put it down, you can say, I'm placing this here in gratitude of my guardian angels. I'm placing this here in thanks to my guides for being with me and helping me. I'm placing this here for the divine energy of all that is that I feel around me. I'm so thankful for you. It's really that simple. But it's really super powerful as well. There's no right or wrong way. The only thing that's right or wrong is how you feel when you are doing or not doing something. The only thing that's right or wrong is your own self-judgment on yourself and whether or not you're allowing yourself to be okay with your innate desires, the, the secret whispers of your soul, what's happening within you that's just begging you to maybe do things a different way that resonates with you more. I always want you to be doing things that resonate with who you truly are. Everything you do, I want it to make you feel more like yourself and less like you're trying to be someone else or something perfect or something external to you. I want you to feel the most like your beautiful self and you'll know that you're doing it because you will feel peaceful, but lit up. You will feel joyful, which is something that can be hard for us to feel sometimes, especially if we have any trauma in our past. You will feel happy. You will feel connected. You will feel okay. You will feel safe within yourself. These are the energies that I want you to bring to yourself in all things. So I hope that this was helpful. I hope this is a helpful conversation about how we overcome this this idea that we were brought up one way with a certain set of beliefs that maybe had a bias that we're having trouble shaking our own self-judgment around. And I want to say, all you've got to do is actually say to yourself, well, what do I believe is true about the earth or the world or life itself? Again, no, just a small, just a small question. But seriously, what do I think is the innate truth here? And then move from there and allow yourself to modify any practices 
that you that you resonate with and allow yourself to leave behind the ones that don't. And as long as you're not going around putting that on everybody else, you can also say to others, listen, I'm so happy that works for you. That's how I feel about this. You know, we don't have to force others to see our points of view, but we also don't have to be forced to see theirs. Everybody can exist. There's room enough for everyone. And there are so many witches out there that practice Christian witchcraft. Um, you know, the saints in Catholicism, it's like it's like having a whole bunch of different gods and goddesses. Catholicism is so very witchy that it's just almost to me like, are you sure you're monotheistic? <laughs> like I know they are, but I'm just saying like there's so much, there's there's a lot of parallels there. Same with voodoo. I mean, in, in voodoo and hoodoo practices, they're using the book of Psalms. They're using the Bible for their spell work. It's very, very Christian oriented, which just goes to show you, you can really use anything to achieve any result. It's just always going to be about what resonates with you. But the biggest hurdle is giving yourself permission to allow yourself to do something differently than what you were taught. And you already can do that because I guarantee you, you're already doing that in other areas of your life. If you were brought up in a homophobic environment and you are not a homophobic person, congratulations, you're doing differently than what you were taught. If you were brought up with like sexism or racism or prejudice in your household and you don't maintain any of those beliefs within yourself, congratulations, you are doing differently than what you were taught. And it's almost easier for you to see it in that context because you're like, well, yeah, but that's not about my very soul. But I would argue that it is. I would argue that all of that's about your very soul and that this is too. So ask yourself what you believe and who you who you truly are. And if you could prioritize listening to your inner voice over listening to what was kind of thrust upon you by a man at the front of a church, see how that fits for you and see how that sits with you. So this has kind of been a long episode, but I thank you for listening and being here with me. If you stuck it out, um, I want to say, please continue sending me messages. If um, there's something that you want to share with me or something you want to ask me, I am more than willing and so thrilled to hear from you and to, to converse with you. And if you have any questions that come up from anything that we talked about here or any feedback for me, or if you have any ideas for something you'd like me to chat about in a future podcast, I'd love to hear from you. You can find me again on moonstone underscore witchery over on Instagram. Instagram um, and try to find my Facebook group and hang out with me over there. Maybe I'll make a post about it and invite you all to it. It'd be great to see you there. And um, yeah, so visit me on moonstonewitchery.com if you would like to see any of the products we currently have. We have a bunch of cool crystals. We have crystal prescription bags. I've got some enchanted keys still available. Um, I, I got some more in. So I enchanted some keys and we have a lot of cool stuff going on. So I hope to see you guys in one form or another. And I will be back next week with more fun stuff to chat about.